Welcome, and thanks for joining me, Keen Barclay, on Down the Tunnel. Coming to the U.S. as an 18 or 19-year-old young Irish footballer is no small challenge. A new country, culture, environment is incredibly profound on one's personal development. Today's episode highlights the journey of Alan McCann, who came to the U.S. in search of more football and to continue his education. Not only did he get his education and playing experience, he has been named the USL2 Coach of the Year in both 2018 and 2019. After announcing this week he's stepping down in his current position as head coach of Reading United AC in Pennsylvania, Today, we go down the tunnel with Alan McCann. Alan McCann, welcome to the show. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good, man. After this week, I'm, I'm almost nervous to be in the presence of greatness with having you on my show. <laughs> you, could, <laughs> you could end that banter right now. <laughs> Well, listen, let's, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's been a crazy busy week for you, but uh, so I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, but let's, uh, let's hear about how you started in the game. Well, the, well, the whole family is, is a football family. Um, my granddad's a bit of a local legend in Ireland, you know, played for Ireland, played for the great Shamrock Rovers team. Um, Actually, this year we just got some video, <clears throat> some video of him when he was playing in the Europa League back in the day. Uh, sorry, the Champions League back in the day. Um, so yeah, it, it started there. You know, you grow up looking at you. For me, I grew up looking at my grandfather and my father. My father played for for in Ireland as well for Bohemians and things like that in the League of Ireland. So you grow up for me. They were my heroes, and I, I think I was just so blessed and so fortunate that my dad would bring me in and around dressing rooms when I, I always say to people I grew up in a dressing room um, or a locker room sorry for our US listeners um, yeah I, I grew up in, in those environments and you're, you're talking you know you're, you're 10, 11 and there's grown men swearing and cursing and spitting and everything and it's just uh, it, it teaches you how to be in a dressing room and and, and, and just a love of football grew there you know so um yeah, very fortunate then. We, we were with uh, a team called Home Farm in Dublin. Very, very successful club. Has produced countless pros and countless good teams. And Liam Tuohy, again, an old uh, Irish international uh, head coach and, and pro, played for Newcastle and things like that. He, he used to teach us up there when we were really young and he was the director of coaching, I suppose you'd call it these days. Um, but yeah, we spelled, spent 12 years there. Then... Moved over to a club called Belvedere, another successful but a big, big rival. Um, it was it was quite controversial back in the day. Um, yeah, and then then played with, moved on to St Pat's. Um, obviously with their youths and, and and kind of came up the ranks there and dabbled a little bit in with the first team and things like that before before coming out to the US. So, to be honest, and how did the op- yeah how did the opportunity come for you to come to the US? Um, it was it was a bit strange actually. It was uh, we we were playing with Pats at the time, and we were in with the reserve team. It was at the time they've gotten rid of the, the reserves, so they changed it from from U twenty ones. Then they moved it to reserves, and obviously at first team. So we were in training with the first team, playing reserves, and you were on a bench here and there with the first team and away games and learning how to be a pro really, and then. Um, it was uh, chatting with one of the, the lads that we, we had played with at the under-21s and it was just a kind of fluid conversation. Is, do, do we think the US would be something? And, and I didn't think much of it um, until one of the, the FAI Cups, Cup games. We, we got beaten. Um, you know, it was about 10-15, 10-20 and, and, and our, our skipper at the time, just chatting with him and at 33, 34, he was having to retire and didn't really have any education behind him. And I was thinking, I was 18 at the time, 19 at the time, thinking, I don't know if I want that. You know, when I finish a career, not having much to fall back on and you're 35, maybe going back to school, you know. Um, so that that honestly shook a bit of reality into me. Um, and then there's, there's, a, there's a, a course in, in Ireland called Kalash the Eda. 
Um, they they brought us actually out to Memphis. We played in Memphis, and um, through those connections, um, the, the University of Memphis coach had reached out at the time and came to see us in Ireland and came and met the family and things like that. And it kind of just grew grew from there. But you know, wasn't wasn't NCAA eligible, so um, I think I'm lucky. To be honest, I think I'm, I'm lucky that happened because I got to meet uh, and, and be coached by Paul Conway, still to this day a, a hero. I don't know. Do you know? Do you know Paul? Yeah, I've met him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a god. He's a god in my eyes. He's he's absolutely brilliant. Um, taught us so much, uh, not just as as a player, but as how to be a person, how to be someone on the field. You know, at the time, at the time, just turning twenty and you're on the field and you're trying to be trying to act a hard man out there and you're kicking people and uh, whatever, you're a centre-back and he's just looking at you going, you know, why? Why why bring yourself down to that level? And a quick, he's so calm and collected and he's he's such an excellent coach that it brings you down and snaps you into reality. And still to this day, whenever I see him, I'm like uh, I'm like a child to see Santa Claus, you know? It's just, he's uh, he's brilliant. So that's that's kind of the, the, the making a, a long story short for you. Yeah, I was I was lucky enough to, you know, it was uh, when Mulrooney was the coach at Memphis, right? They had quite that connection um, with Kalish Dita, and I ended up recruiting a couple of players um, who did that to play for me in college as well. So that actually ended up being a pretty successful pathway for a lot of the, those Irish kids to get to the U.S. Oh, one million percent. There's so many of us that owe that owe uh, a debt to to Kalish Dita, to, to to Jim Conroy and Danny. It was at during their time that were there. Um, I mean, my myself and my assistant right now, um, we both came through that, through that, you know. And myself and and uh, and Connor Hurley both came over together to 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 Lambert. It was Lambert University at the time, and Connor ended up going to Memphis as a goalkeeper. So there was, we were very fortunate. We had a good group, very very good group, and um, you know, Keely had played at Bowes and. A couple of other boys have popped in, and you've Niall McKay playing for Louisville right now. He came through that year as well. So it was, it was a, it's a, it's a great course. And and as you said, you can always recruit. Most definitely, you can recruit some players that want that want to be out here and they, they want to do the the, the college pathway. So that's a fantastic. It is a fantastic setup. So talk about how the school approached you once you came in here, and and how that looked for you getting your offer and 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 that experience. Um, it was all different. It was different to home, you know. Uh, a coach would never really come to the house and, and chat to parents, you know. Richie, Richie Grant had come into the house and met my mum and my dad and uh, sat down in, and it was all very, um, it was very, I suppose, very flattering at the time, you know. Um, but and, and I was ignorant. I didn't know too much about the college process, and for for Irish players at the time. And probably still today for those that are in the league, it's almost, it was for us anyway, it was plan B or C. Um, well, it was plan C because England was plan A and the League of Ireland was almost plan B, you know, but we didn't realise how lucky we were to be even getting those opportunities. So coming out here really opened up our eyes to it. But it was, um, yeah, it was very overwhelming. It was, you don't really know, you're having to choose to leave Ireland, leave all your friends and family. Um and, and and go to another part of the world and, and, and start a new life really. So that that was the hesitation on my part. But then yeah, we ended up coming out and um we, we, we were told we weren't NCAA eligible and then luckily enough uh actually I was it's crazy to, to, to think back once we got told University of Memphis and NCAA that that would be a no go. Um, we chatted to a couple of others and, and just Mark McKeever was taking over Young Harris at the time, NAIA, and we chatted about, to him about going in there because Niall was going in. And then it was, uh, and then, then, then the, the main man himself, Paul Conway, came in and just, it was just such, such it, it seemed so easy, you know, because he was from close to where I was from in Ireland and it was just, um, it was close to Memphis so Richie could come down and see us and there was a good, good core of Irish lads. So it just made sense. Um, but talk about uh, when we got there, we're like a fish out of water. <laughs> it was completely different to home. Yeah. So how did you did you adapt well? Like, did you fit in with the guys? Like, how, how did it happen once you got? There? I I don't I don't think so. If I was to look back on it now, I I adapted in easily in terms of uh, the football. That was that was 
that was the easiest part. The, the adapting in and fitting in with the Irish lads that was there was no problem. But my 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 fault or my blind spot at the time, I'd say I couldn't adapt and gel in to to the other the other the American culture really to the, to the others that that maybe weren't uh, didn't have as high a standard or, or football wasn't their main priority. I. I couldn't understand that. You know, I still have a bit about that. That's still a blind spot for me today. I can't understand how football, they can't see how powerful football can be and why it isn't their whole life. But, you know, as I said, I grew up in football. So that's my weakness and my blind spot. I, I can't understand. And I most definitely couldn't then. Um, so, yeah, there, there was definitely a split, I think, in the dressing room and things like that. But on the field, you, you wouldn't have noticed. On the field, we would fight for each other. Didn't matter what what was happening off the field. On the field was, uh, we you know we 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 had some massive massive results. Went and went to nationals. We were the only team in the whole university to to get that far. At the time, the the school was going through some financial trouble, and they they were worried if we'd even have the financials to get there. You know, it was uh, it was all great. I loved the time there, but I wouldn't say no. I'd say I'd say Hurley and uh, adapted better than than I did to the to the culture. So. It was a great learning point, you know. That's that's almost ten years ago now. It's crazy to think about that. Yeah, right? yeah, big big eye opener. And you think you think at the time, you know, you're twenty years of age. You think you know it all. What an idiot! <laughs> no, nah, I don't think anybody. <laughs> well, I, I say about myself, you know. Well, well, I wasn't gonna say. That, <laughs> um, so did, did you stay there for four years? Like what happened along along the route there? In the no, I, I I had a mad route, um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, so so the school got bought out then by by the University of Memphis. Um, so then everyone, <clears throat> if you couldn't go and sign for the University of Memphis, um, you had to move on elsewhere. You know, so along that process, we went and we 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 did a couple of tryouts. We went on some visits, you know, to Bethel to to uh, Martin Methodist, to places like that. And uh, I eventually ended up uh, through, through another Irish uh, player that I played with in Colosh de Ida, and, and it was a fantastic player, Alan McGrath. He was at the, the College of St. Rose in Albany, New York. So um, the coach had reached out, to, out at the time, and, and honestly, it was, it was a fantastic offer. And it was, uh, in my eyes, it was New York, and I would get to play with Al. Al was a really exciting left-back uh, was was brilliant with both feet though left foot right foot, um, so yeah that that was exciting to get up there and then uh, again as I said to you from the start so so lucky, um, you know Matt Jones was the head coach there but the, the coach I I clicked better with was was Stephen Hogan uh, I think honestly just from home again he was from he was from Dublin, again my my bias coming in you know my my I suppose missing home and and, and familiarity with somebody like that and he. He took me under his wing, really, and uh, knocked some sense into me. Um, helped me as a player, most definitely. Most definitely helped me as a player. So, yeah, we did one year at Lambeth and then did two years at College of St. Rose because in my first semester, I tore my hamstring. Um, so, yeah, that, I was out for like a year, a year probably for that. Uh, it was a bad old tear. And then came back. But then NCAA, our, our good friends again, came in and said, I'd no more years of eligibility, so I had to transfer out again to an NAIA. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. So then ended up in, in Northwood University in Florida, in West Palm Beach. So so you went from New York to Florida. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what does that look like for, for, uh, for an Irish kid? New York and Albany was the coldest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> and that's coming from an Irishman. I... There was a, uh, I was, I was about to say Zoom. There was a Skype call back to my mother back in 2012, 13, and in in the house we were living, I had, I had the the Under Armour top, Under Armour the the tights on, the the compression tights, um, you know, doubled doubled up on socks, doubled up on shorts and trousers, uh, hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and that was in the house, so. Uh, we were poor college students at the time. couldn't afford the uh, couldn't afford the heating bill. So. You definitely look like the kind of guy that would wear tights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but they were they were helpful. <laughs> but but going to Florida, I bet you weren't mad about the weather. No, God, no. It was uh, 
very very fortunate again on the uh, the spring break you know my missus she, she's from she's from sweden so she she i met her actually at, at st rose um and she had transferred here because her she had she had family that had played here so just came down on spring break to see it really and then um while i was here I had a conversation with the coach and i i had a yeah, it was a good conversation. Said they wanted to do it, so so that's what happened. Came down, preseason was a was a was a shock to the system. But after ten days, you get used to the weather, and and quite honestly, um, gotten gotten more than used to the to the nice weather. But I've seen the massive massive benefits of training in the heat and training in this weather. Um, it's the fittest I've ever been down here. You know, um, training in this heat most definitely can help you, and and. Helped you sweat out. Helped you sweat out a few pints, I guess. Well, right? you met me when I was a coach, so I was a lot more disciplined when, uh, in in Northwood at the time. It was uh, it was it was completely different then. I was I was uh, way more focused on on, on stuff because we got we got first came in and had the red shirt the first year because they, uh, there was a nightmare with eligibility, and then the second year they gave me the captain's role. So in the spring leading up to that. You wouldn't believe it, but there, it was months on end until we had touched the point. We, uh, That's good for oh, you. Well. That's yeah, good for yeah. You. I wish. So how how was that group of guys though mixing in? Was this different than the first experience? Like, did you feel like you were kind of surrounded by everyone who had the same mentality as you? Um, yeah, yes, and no. I think there was more. There was more of a a number of of, of people there that that had that drive. It was more of a. Uh, more of a real mix-up of different cultures. It was great. There was people from all over the world meshed together, you know. Um, it, it was really enjoyable to get that. But, yeah, there was still still an element of it, of, of some that just liked the party and that they had come to, to Florida just for that. And and I get that now, you know. But I had arrived into that, into that environment older. You know, I think I was 24 at the time um, by, by that stage. So... I, I had calmed down a little bit from 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 twenty, but um, yeah, there was still an edge. Uh, but we were fortunate; we we had we had we had some very good players, very very good players in there. Good big personalities and a, a really enjoyable dressing room. A type of dressing room you wanted to be in the trenches with them, you know. Um, in the tough games, it was strange. We got better when when someone got sent off. It was it was very very strange. It was uh, when when times got tougher, this group got better. So. It was um, the spring leading up to that. That one was, but there was a big change in. in there was a big number of, of players that graduated, um, so then it was almost like a, a fresh new group that 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 the, the coach recruited in then. So it was like injecting new blood to it as well. Uh, it was exciting. There was there was some very very talented players in there, and uh, probably we probably should have done more than what we did. But it was uh, yeah, definitely definitely adapted better. And, um, from from year one to that year, definitely adapted better. So then, when did you, you know, so you start to come towards the end of your college career? Um, what what did the picture look like for you, and and kind of what was your goal, and what happened? The, next? the goal, the goal was to, to to be a pro. It was USL pro at the time. Um, you know, we had had a good senior year with Northwood that year. It's now Kaiser. It was Northwood at the time, and. It was it was it was fine. It was going well, and then uh, there was a couple of of USL pro offers on the table. But it was um, you know it's okay. Do you want to go? Do you want to go to to a city and and live off twelve hundred a month? Um, you know you got you got your housing and things like that. But it was uh, I was I was him and Han. I just wanted to be a pro. The money the, the money was no problem to me. I was fine with, with that. But then. Then, then Coach Zacharis at the time, Joe Zacharis offered me to, to go in and, and, and coach. And, and I'd have the opportunity of doing a master's eventually, but on my OPT could coach the team. And, you know, as a captain, we, we had done a lot behind the scenes to get the group into the right mind frame. So I felt like it would be enjoyable. So to be honest, I was struggling a lot with, with my hamstrings. I was wearing two sets of compression shorts and taking pain pills to get through games. I wouldn't recommend yeah. to anybody, but after every session, I was a nightmare. You know, the the, the trainers were my best friend. Um, it was like sticking sticking the machine together with gum and a and a and a and a, and a pin tack. So it was. Uh, I got fed up with the injuries, to be honest. I really did. Uh, so coaching, to be honest, we we finished 
we finished in the December of 2014 playing. Uh, took a couple of weeks to, to, to consider some offers, but then went straight into coaching. Uh, as soon as January hit, we went home for Christmas, thought about it and went straight into the coaching. Um, even though the offer wasn't to start on the contract until the fall, the whole spring I was in coaching um, and started it there. Made a ton of mistakes, as every coach does. You think, you think you're think you Pep Guardiola and you're, you're not. Um, but, but really enjoyed working with the group. And, and I think the group responded to it and, and, and had a good spring, you know. Um, but yeah, th- then the next year was tough. The next year was tough because it was, it was learning to go from being a teammate to now being their coach. Um, I made a conscious decision to separate myself socially from them, um, move in with my missus, um, but I didn't socialise out with them anymore as I used. I didn't get as close to them as, as I was. I, I distanced myself with them. Um, and quite frankly, the, 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 I think the group the group could have done better. But I, I think I think personally, as a coach, let them down, you know, because it was uh, it was me learning as a coach, getting through for the first time. And I think had I got them four years later, we could have done a lot more with them. So it, it, and this is when, this is you went back to coaching. Yeah. So right? the group the group that I had play, been playing with uh, in in 2014, I went and coached that group. You know, we us as seniors graduated, and then what was left over um, with what the coach had recruited through, uh, we we then coached this next year. So it was uh, it was a very very big year of learning. Very. very so he so did he take you on as an assistant, or you took the program? Yeah, he over? took he How took me that? on as an as an assistant. So. Uh, be for, be forever grateful for that. You know that 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 first opportunity is everything. Um, had had been doing a little bit of club coaching and things like that, but as I said, I was very fortunate to grow up with having learned from so many coaches and having grown up in the dressing room. It just it felt natural. And being that young, though, it's, yeah. it's a challenge, right? Being that young and coaching is trying to find that you know you're not their friend and finding that separation of like having expectation shared expectations from them of you and you of them and and trying to kind of marry that that uh that expectation yeah and, and i suppose you can speak to them a certain way when you're their teammate but you can't speak to them that way when you're when you're their coach you know uh, I, I knew as their captain and as their teammate i knew which buttons i could press with them and which ones needed an arm around their shoulder you know was me as the, as the captain but you're out there in the trenches with them, doing the work with them, doing all preseason with them. You know, you're physically doing the work, so you can you can talk to them differently. Um, and that took time. I, that took time to learn. But yeah, that was that was a very difficult part. And and then the, I suppose the other part was learning learning how to influence a drill or a session with just your voice, but not not going in there and physically being the example in the session. You know, not that. Not that we were ever Maradona or anything, but but you, you could you could provide some sort of a level of intensity or communication in there that that you were trying to so learning how to coach that into them that was a big big uh, made a lot of mistakes learning that as well. But I suppose you have to you have to make the mistakes if you're ever going to learn. Yeah, but you spent you spent a couple of years there learning, right? Like how long? Um, I always say, you know, I started I started straight away in 15. So 15 up until 18. Was it eight? Yeah, 15 up until 18 um, was there. So the last year then, you know, Joe Joe moved on. And then the last year, Gav, Gavin Oldham came in with Sam. Um, they had previously been at UNOH and had played at Lindsay and things like that. So um, got, got to learn under... Under under a few coaches during that time too, so it's it's a great it's a great tuition, it's a great learning a learning curve, you know, learning from people that have been there and done it. And then when when did the opportunity come for you to go to, um, to United? Sixteen, two thousand sixteen. I went in with so the Stephen Hogan, as I mentioned, that was at uh, College of Saint Rose. He he took the head coach role of St. Rose and then got offered uh, to go into the Philadelphia Union uh, setup with Bethlehem Steel. So he was an assistant coach in there with them, and then he took over in 2016. He took over the Reading job as head coach, and uh, very very fortunate. He asked 
he asked me to go in and it was a no-brainer uh, to keep learning from him number one and to get that opportunity number two and work with those types of players so yeah from 16 um up until recently you know we were, we were there at the club but again two years of talk about le a learning curve and and fortunate to learn from him he's a he's a fantastic not only is he a fa fantastic coach but he's a fantastic uh, mentor um both on and off the field so very very fortunate really very very fortunate what were some of the biggest things he taught you um that like resonated the most the the, the power of shutting up during a, a drill <laughs> so um let's say you're doing a passing drill it's going for a minute and a half and you're looking for you're you're looking for just for basic technique you're looking for speed of play you're looking for the passes to be drilled in the first touch to be good well, you deliver that before, and then you say nothing during as that minute and a half is going. You say nothing, and then you blow blow the whistle, and then then you can you can coach them after that. And I was always asking them why. Like you can affect you can affect the motivation in there, or you can you can up the tempo with your voice in there. And he said, yeah, but on game day they have to be their own. They have to be their own voice. They have to be leading it. They have to be self-correcting it. On game day, once they cross the line, it's up to them. So if we're teaching them in training that we're the safety net, well then they're going to want the safety net out in the field. So it was it was brilliant, and even even the power of your body language, where you stand, and in relation to 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 where the drill is happening, or, or, or small little details like that, that all added up, and you know how how to communicate with with with, with even upwards with ownership and within that that setup. So much, so much. But I think, as far as the training side, that that's that that would be a specific I learned on the training side. You know. Yeah, that's really cool. Like empower the players as much as you can. Yeah, everything. That's can. I think to, today. That's and hopefully, hopefully Shane would say the same. But that that's that's everything for us now. You have to empower the players. You know, we can't feel fear. They they they. they they can't feel like we're over the shoulder micromanaging. You have to empower them to, to take risks and to take ownership um, because that, that, that's where true creativity and, and we, we believe anyway, that's where true peak performance can come from. So then it came about to where you became the head coach at Reading and, and talk about how that transition happened and what how comfortable um, you were with that. It happened at the draft. We, we sat there at the draft of 2018. We sat down with ownership to, to, to talk about what, what it may look like. And that moved pretty quickly. Started with the tryouts and stuff. But it, to be honest, mate, it felt comfortable. It, it, it was, I felt that I had learned so much from Hogan. We were still in the establishment. We were still in, you know, with that same club. I knew the area. I knew our setup. I knew how we could make it. Maybe maybe slightly better in terms of off the field. Could we could we provide a couple of things extra for players or little things like that? Um, but obviously, then you go into the unknown because Hogan's not there anymore. Uh, I tried to get a, another fantastic coach in who 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 was there. Actually, I tried to get both of them. The two assistants that worked that were with me as an assistant in sixteen and seventeen, uh, they actually run the beast era. You know, Beast Eric, the, the soccer coaching, you've probably seen it on Instagram and things like that. Uh, James Beeston yeah. and Mike Matera, absolutely fantastic coach. I tried to get both of them in um, to, to, to come in as a package deal with us, but, but you know, it, it didn't happen. So the idea was always, could we could we mesh young young coaches together? So, um, yeah, then, then it was... It was it was comfortable going in. As soon as I knew Shane was on board, it was okay. Well, let's let's go in and do it. Um, yeah. So it was. Uh, I'll always remember the very first day we played U.S. Open Cup, very first game. Um, we played Christos, good team. The year before in the Open Cup had knocked one of the MLS teams out or USL team. So. Yeah, we were on the way on the way out. We had two days of training, so that's the unique thing about the the USL two in the summer. Uh, we had two days of training before the before the US Open Cup game, and some of our players hadn't even arrived back in because they had finals. Some some players arrived in on the day of the game, 
So talk about having a, an uphill battle on your first day. But yeah, Keely, I remember Keely saying to me, "Are you nervous?" I was like, "No." I thought, strangely enough, no. Um, it was more more enjoyment and excitement, which which was different. That was a, that was a learning experience in itself. But yeah, from from then we just we we kicked on. Um, kept consistent with the level of training. You know, Hogan had asked me when we when we when we we got in. To, to finalize everything to to take the job he said well what are you going to change and i said to him honestly not a lot what had what we had put in place i, I felt was elite was brilliant uh, it was maybe just some slight little tweaks with that that i wanted to put my stamp on it and uh that yeah we just kind of kicked on from there that's how it all came about it kind of probably speaks to the ownership of that group the fact that you were that comfortable immediately moving in and then just kind of how that whole transition happened. It was yeah, like the owners are, are fantastic human beings. To be honest, the uh, there, there's been a, there's been a difference. There's been a change, you know, in ownership. There was more owners at the time, um, and then during our time there as well, then Art and Troy ended up, um, you know, becoming the, the the two owners together. So there, there's most definitely, you know, creating those relationships with with the previous owners and and now with the current current owners it was um that that family feel i felt was how you can create an advantage we we we, we would pur- purposely shine and myself we wanted to get to know people we wanted to get out there in the community and learn people's names you know um and, and we, we we still remember them now but some of those moments are, are, are the most memorable moments the football that kind of comes secondary which sounds strange i know but I I, I I always use the example of little little Nathan when he was sitting outside in 2017, sitting outside the dressing room waiting for waiting for his mom to pick him up and 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 go. They were about to go home. I said, "Do you want to come in? Come on in and see the lads in the dressing room." And he had a big mohawk on him. It was brilliant it, it, with his Reading gear on. And you know he's in there. When I look back on that video, he's in there with Franzi Perot. You know, playing for Haiti, playing in France, scored in the Gold Cup. He's in there with Joey Desire, playing for Orlando, Marco Micheletto, playing with Tormenta. You know, there's there's countless pros that were in that dressing room. And uh, moments like that, that's what I'll remember, you know. But, you know, I think it, you know, I appreciate your humility, but it's like how much success you had with them. That, that's, that speaks volumes about what you did with that group. I mean, from day one with that group, you took that team all the way to the championship, and you were the the coach of the year in 2018. So, talk about what that experience. Well, if you, was if like. you look at that group, that group again was was elite. The, the players that were in there, and that that group in particular had 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 something unique in character as well. It wasn't just talent. There was a bit of bite. There was a there was a bit of um, bit of a chip on the shoulder in in that group. You know. Um, you can relate. To I that, think right? so. Yeah, and I think Shane that. had it as well. I think I think that's what helped helped us the, us and the group blend together. But but we would purposely annoy them some days in training. Like we'd purposely give an awful decision in the in the small sided games, or we'd purposely throw something out there to really really annoy them. Um, and we wanted to bring them to the line, and then and then stop it. You know, we wanted to we wanted to 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 let it almost boil over sometimes. Uh, and we we laugh we laugh now about it, but you had <laughs> you had Kieran Roberts from from Radford, an English English striker, and you had Azana Kase from uh, from Akron at the time, and they for whatever reason they just didn't get on, and they used to try and kick lumps out of each other in training. But we loved it. That's that's the training environment we wanted. We wanted them to train like they play. We wanted them to be pissed off in there, you know. Um, Closer to game day, you know, you temper that back a little bit. So the day before the game, we'd be on, we'd be out there for a total of an hour, but it's forty five minutes worth of work, and it's intense, and it's bang, and it's it's uh, the small side of games. At the end, we want that. There's there's no soft players that play for Allen. Ah, I don't know about sure. I don't know about that. I don't know. Soft, I think, is is a is a. <laughs> It just depends on on the outlook, I suppose, of of of, of the coach. And, and no, we've we've had every every lad is different. You have to mesh those players together. You know, not not every player is going to be some big hard nosed Vinnie Jones running through a brick wall for you. Um, and and not all of those players were either. You know, some 
some of the most toughest ones there were the ones that that mostly needed the arm around the shoulder. So, so honestly, that that group, I think, just it's the, the the way we kind of meshed it together and the way they they bonded together, um, that that that's why that that year was was special. Um, the the we, we you know each year we'll have a leadership group, um, and and Aaron Malloy was influential in that year and. But then you also have the likes of Lamine Conti and Felipe Hideki that came into that role, Corey Bennett, and and and, and little little small things came like, like if, if you have an environment that's self policing itself, so there's something similar as let's say I play you a bobbled pass in the in the drill, and someone who's been there knows us turns around and says, hey, we don't do that, zip the pass in. So now if the players are saying it and, the, and us as coaches are saying it, well, I think you've got a recipe for success for the environment. So we, we, we owe as much, as much gratitude to the players as anything for that, for that year being blended together. You know, it was a very, very special group and a lot of pros that have come out of it. It makes it fun when you're a part of a, a group where now, you know, talking about, you were a part of a couple of environments where you didn't feel like everyone cared as much as you yeah. did when maybe when you were a player, now you're getting to coach a group where you feel like everyone kind of matches your intensity, your expectations, your mindset. I bet that was just a Yeah. And point I think the enjoyment is, is figuring out the puzzle of those that, that aren't like that when they arrive in and, and can, can you guide them along to what we see? Can you guide them to the right path? You know, can you guide? So we had a couple of couple of lads that didn't like to get tackled in training. They wanted to save themselves for the game. Yeah, well, well, sorry about you. You're not going to last long in this environment. You won't make it to the game if you're pulling out of a tackle in training. Um, and I'm just using those things as small examples, you know. But but, but it's just a, it's a. Sure. It's just a standard thing, and 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 the most enjoyable piece is when you can mesh, you can mesh. Forget the football, but you can mesh people from from Ghana, from the USA, from from South America, from Europe. You can mesh these players together, these people together, to become to become one group. That that for me is, I think, is the most enjoyment. Um, you know, you you mentioned enjoyment there. Again, it sounds strange. The football comes secondary. It's 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 meshing these people together to create them all moving into the and the one goal for them all is they want to be a pro. That's that's the one thing, you know. They all have that in common, every single one of them. But what we will find out is who actually wants to be a pro. You and I will say it, but when it comes down to doing the ugly, nasty, horrible work that it takes to be a pro, who will actually go and do it? So that's that's the enjoyment. Yeah, when those when those players start yeah, to surface, it's it's, and it's scary. And and again, I got a great lesson from from Gav Oldham at Kaiser. He 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 told me because I I went into him. I said, you know, what what can I do better? What what, what do I need to change? What, what what do I need to fix as a coach to be better? And he said that he said, well, I I think it's just don't be so judgmental on a player so early. Don't make a final decision on a player so early. Give them time to grow. Give them time to come into themselves. It's one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten, you know. So I'd use Felipe Hideki. I don't know if you know much about Felipe Hideki, but absolute fantastic player. Um, it's it's a it's a crime that he doesn't have a contract right now. But um, he's he he would be in that category, you know. Hadn't played in a long time. Took him about took him about three to four weeks to really get what we were trying to do to him. And once he got it, though, whew, he 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 never let go of that role, and he really became a game changer. Yeah, I think your second year there, he was in. Uh, he became an yeah. all league player, an all conference player. Yeah, and he became he became a leader off the field. It. He became one of those in that leadership group, and he he did really well with it. He he wasn't going to be the big voice or the big tackler or anything like that. He was the he was the, the the voice that would still keep you know it was low and it was uh, it was calm and it was collected, but it was still very powerful and it was still he led by example on the field as well for for an attacking midfielder or a ten. His defensive work and, and and the output he would put into the physical side of it too, but could also match it with the creativity when you're going forward. So he was a great example, you know. And that's that was that was the lesson right there and then. It was uh, you can't be too 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 early to judge on somebody because then that moment would have never happened, you know. 
No. Yeah. So talk about, you know, making a final your first year, become being the coach of the year, franchise of the year, kind of having that hopped on your shoulders um, going into the second year. Um, what did that feel like? Chip on the shoulder really felt like we, 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 we dropped the ball, felt like, now don't get me wrong, uh, Calgary were an f- absolutely fantastic team and Tommy, Tommy Whelan was, was, was really, really good with me um, after it and giving advice and things like that. He, he was really, really good. They were, a, they were a very, very good team. But we felt we had dropped the ball um, and wanted to come back and really, really knock that, knock that one off our, off our, our list and, and, and kind of revenge it really uh, from the start. That was the idea going into it. But then once you're back into it, those emotions really go and you just kind of you, you just focus back in on the process. And, OK, yeah, it would be lovely to win and all, but the whole goal here is to produce pros. Um, it, it's produce pros and win games at the same time. So so that was, that was the idea going back into it. It's just, OK, let's get back with the process. Number one, make sure we have a good returning group, a good core of, of people that understand our standards. Um and once we had that core, then we could go out and, and really search the country again for NAIA, JUCO, D3, D2, D1. Don't care what you are. We're, we're not biased towards any any sort of level. It's whether you're a good player with a good brain and a good a good uh, hunger to to develop. So so it was just really going back in and, and, and being consistent with the process again. There, yes, there was more eyeballs on it and there was more people reaching out, but... We were, we were able to use that to our advantage to to highlight the players more and boost their profiles so um but yeah then again you go you know you go the whole way and it's uh again you you lose a final and people are saying oh well the, the decision at the end and blah 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 and don't get me wrong yeah the, the, the refs get it wrong or whatever but, so, but we've missed we've missed two two chances in in play that that normally we, we'd bury so it's really our own fault. They shouldn't have gotten to the extra time. You know, we had two chances in normal time. And to be fair, they had a couple of chances too. But we had we had the big brick wall, Simon Lefebvre, who's now a pro. We had him in goal and he was he was absolutely class on the day. But but we should have put our chances away. So you take lessons out of each one of them, you know. Um, the first one I felt, uh, okay, the, the, in 2018, I felt it was a really good team and, and that really could have gone either way. But I think in 2019, it's all our own fault, really, all our own fault. No one, no one to blame but ourselves. And did did some of the right things, but didn't didn't take our chances on the day. And um, you know, you look back on it as a coach and tactically, could you have done something different? And the the questions in game were, well, we wanted to move to the three five two to 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 put two players up top and really test them. But we were worried because they had made a sub to put on a very dynamic and explosive centre forward. Um, and we weren't the paciest at the back with our two centre backs. So we were we were concerned that had we gone three at the back that we could get exposed on the counter. Um, we didn't change it. And then it turned out that we got exposed on the counter anyway. So we might as well have just changed it and gone for the risk in the final, you know. So... Ah, these these are things you learn, but everything's a learning moment. Yeah, you always kind of. Yeah, I think you have to. If, if the book doesn't stop with you, you know, you, you can't, you cannot go and blame anyone else but yourself when when it comes down to that. And if you can keep it that way, well, then you know you'll be able to manage standards along the way as well. So two back-to-back final appearances, though. That's no, that's no slouch appearance for your first two years. How disappointed were you with just everything that kind of happened with uh, in yeah. 2020? Yeah, the, the magic, magic year is right. Um, yeah, we had we had worked really, really hard to put a good group together. And some of those boys now, you'll see them in January getting drafted. And oh, it would have been nice to work with them. It would have been nice to see could we bring them together as a group. Um but I suppose, listen, there's, there's bigger worries in 2020 than, than us putting a group together. There, there's bigger worries, you know, bigger worries than that. So kind of look back on it and just you have to adapt now and you have to keep yourself busy. And, and, and as you said, you, you've been working on the licenses. So it's uh, just as a coach, you have to use it as a time to self-reflect, see what you've been doing incorrectly. Maybe it's on the field or it's off the field or it's in your personal life. It's uh, 
setting better habits for yourself maybe and things so that that's how I use the time but it would have been great to, to mesh that group together again but but sure it didn't happen you can't you can't look back you have to look forward you know it's definitely <laughs> been the year yeah. of adaptability no doubt so so talk about um this this week and how kind of things have, have come down where where you've stepped down as the the head coach at Reading and and what this last week has been yeah like it's been a bit been a bit emotionally. strange um bit bit overwhelming um you know as I said to you the, the, the on what day is it now even it's Sunday now was it um whatever day it was that it went out yeah. <clears throat> the news the, the the that morning I told you the the phone overheated. And 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 stopped, but yeah, that's probably a sign. I need to get a, a new phone more so than anything. But um, it was <laughs> no nah, man. That's a credit to how many people you impact, Alan. I, I love your humility, but that's how many people you've impacted, and everyone's keeping track of what you're doing and respect what it's. You're doing. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's, a big, it's, it's a big very deal. very very nice, and it's it's it's. Uh, I don't know if I have words for it. It's a little bit strange. I never, never, never experienced anything like it. But it's um, it, it kind of re-energizes you as well. You know, you, you you don't think that many people are kind of taking notice, and you don't think that many people are, are watching. But there's there's been some some huge people I respect reaching out, and, and people from home, and people from different countries, and people that have been out here that have that have been players and and the amount of players that have reached out to both Shane and myself too not just even about football just just how we maybe help them with, with one or two things um off the field and, and with life i think that again that's that's the more that's the thing i'm more proud of is 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 the relationships we built and and, and with the with the community with the fans you know we're only a summer team there in reading um but but to still be able to connect with people for 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 three months and, and, and give them something, you know, I, I go back to little Nathan again, you probably fall now in love with soccer, but because of that, because of that experience in the dressing room, maybe he loves soccer again. And that for me is what football can be. Football can be the, 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 the tool to, to, to change a life. You know, it's changed my life. Me, me meeting you is because of a football, you know, me, me being on here now is because of a football. It's it's given me everything in my life. It's given me it's given me my fiance. It's given me living here now. If it wasn't for the football, I wouldn't have it. Um, and that, that I just want to hopefully pass that on to people. Um, and again, football is secondary. I know that's mad, but the, the actual game itself and the training itself is secondary. It's it's what you can do with the game. Um, so that's I think that's why it's been overwhelming. It's just the amount of people that have reached out in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's 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 bittersweet, you know. It's okay. We have to look forward to what's going to be next, but it's sad. It's sad that we can't we can't do one more year and give them the trophy that I I think I think we 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 let slip. Well, clearly there's a, there's a mutual respect, you know. I I know that the the club based on what they've put out. I mean, I don't know them, but but the communication that they've put out just from Reading is how much admiration and respect that they appreciate everything that you've done and everything that you've given them. Well, it's, yeah, that speaks volumes to years. the people that they are, you know. They they really are. They're, they're in it for the right reason. And, the, you know, Troy and Art, the, the, the two owners, have personally sacrificed more than I think a lot of us would ever, would ever go and do. And they've done that for the benefit of, of people like myself and players to, to provide them with a platform that, that they can push on and, and build a career, you know. Myself, I'm just another name on the list that will that will be forever in debt to those, to those two and to the previous owners, um, for for putting their personal money into it and you know time and energy and probably relationships with their wives and with their husbands to the old owners, um, it's all to provide a platform. So that speaks volumes of them. And then you've got the staff behind the scenes. Colin Kent and Jeff Blankenbiller and Ryan and 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 Candice and you talk with these people, all the people that work for Game Day and the interns. Ah, yeah, they're they're a class organization. So that that speaks speaks volumes about them, really. The way they the way they kind of handled it. Like what an impact that this has had on you. You know, these last three years just personally as well like what what it's played in in your own development and yeah. 
Um, well, life changing, life changing, you know. And they've they've given me too many soppy moments. Um, we tried to portray this big, big, uh, tough exterior, um, but but when when you're creating these relationships with these people, and I saw I saw the impact 2018 had on Art. You know, Art had spoke to me since I was an assistant about all those years when they had gone to the semi final. Um, I think they had to go up to Ottawa, and he had to. They had to bring their son, and the one player couldn't get in over the border because he didn't have the right credentials and stuff. So, I, you know, I, 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 I learned, kind of listened and learned from that. And, and once we got past that peak, and to see his emotions, and to see him, uh, yeah, to see him how he was after that game, that and to get to bring the national, the the, the final to to Reading too. I think moments like that were, were were just fantastic. They they make you a soppy man, most definitely. <laughs> well, I, and I know they were they were saddened when you decided to step down, but they understood and, and respected where you were coming from. And it's it's actually such a nice feeling when you come to that situation where yeah, and, and probably right twenty twenty and the whole mess that's going on has has fast tracked it. You know, we 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 would have loved to come back for another year, Shane and myself, but. Just the direction that the that the, the, they want to go in, and um, we felt we we needed a, something that fit more so that, that that we believed could 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 bring pros into the game and could bring success to to a, a city in terms of teams. Um, we just had to, and that's it. It was mutual respect. It was a very very good and honest conversation, which I think it's why it's worked so well. You know, not every honest, honest conversation is enjoyable, but at least you know it's honest and it's um, it's 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 really you're you're, you're being upfront with it. You're not trying to do anything behind the scenes. That's that's for you know any any deceiving or any of that because that that it's always nice to to be in a situation where you can you can be you can part ways and have such a mutual. Spot. I know you're going to be rooting for them. Um, as you move in, yeah, we'll we'll wish them the best of success. But best um, success. you know, if we ever end up playing against them, we won't be wishing them all that success. And they they know that, and that's why I love it. That was one of the, <laughs> the pieces we talked about. Um, you know, hey, they said, hey, we're going to wish you the best of luck. But if you ever come against us, there there won't be there won't be any easier soft games. And that's why I love them. You know, that's I wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. Well, listen, Alan, I know it's been a whirlwind of a week for you and, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. So well, thank um, you, mate. You're, you're a hero. Your and, and this has been, really this has been brilliant. So I really do appreciate it and keep on doing some brilliant things. I know so many people that listen to the podcast. So it's, it's a great, it's another great learning tool and fair play to you for, for building it up. And we've been speaking with Alan McCann. Thanks for listening to Down the Tunnel. I'm Keen Barclay. Join us again next time as we talk all things soccer. Send your comments and questions to downthetunnel at gmail.com.